God is good. I want to give. I want to praise God for being here. He is so good. He's been so good to me. I was just thinking how, as I was sitting there, how the Holy Ghost has been so patient with me. So patient with me. And I praise God for, I'm, you know, he's with me every day. And he's put up with some of my antics and some of my crazy ways. And he's still with me. And I praise God for that. I want to give honor to my bishop this morning, Bishop Jackson. Hallelujah. Amen. It's none like him nowhere. He's a man. You know, can't nobody feed you like that. And he's a man of integrity. I praise God for him because you don't have to worry about Bishop Jackson, you know. You know that his heart is in the right place. And I praise God for him. Hallelujah. I want to give honor to all the elders. And all whom honor is due this morning to our first lady. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. And my wife, who puts up with me constantly. Yeah, she puts up with old Warren. I tell you, you gotta be you gotta be good because I can I can be a piece of work. I got my ways. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> I always kid. I say, I don't have a man cave at my house, but I got a man spot in my front room. <laughs> and she puts up with my man spot. She never gets on me about cleaning it up and straightening it up. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want to thank God for Bishop here allowing me to preach this morning, truly it's an honor to uh, be asked to uh, stand in this morning and uh, to speak what the Lord has to say. I want to call your attention to the book of Hebrews, the fourth chapter. Hallelujah. You know, Hebrews is a rich, rich, rich epistle. Uh, I believe it was the Apostle Paul. Some say you don't know who it was. I think they're just trying to argue. If you look at the writings and the, 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 the uh, revelations, it had to be Paul. But I want to call your attention to verse 9 through 16. 9 said, there, rem there remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in this sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to give an account. King James said to whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are yet without sin. And if I could use a topic, or use a topic today, and my topic is no flesh in the resting place. Yeah. 
no flesh in the resting place. Let us pray. Father God, it's in Jesus' name that we come this morning, Father, praising you and thanking you for your loving kindness and for your tender mercies. Thanking you for all that you've done, O God, and how that you've been speaking, O God, unto us and proclaiming the gospel of the rest uh, of God in Christ. And Father, truly our hearts are open and we are hungry, O God, for what you want to say to us. Speak, Lord, for your servant here. We're hungry for you, Jesus. We're thirsty for you. You said if we hunger and thirst after righteousness, we shall be filled. So we come this morning hungry and thirsty. Have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, the reason I chose no flesh in the resting place, because I wanted to identify or zero in on some things that can hinder the rest in Christ. Let me share something with you. I was sharing with my class this morning how that in the book, third chapter of Romans, it says that um, even David, it might be the fourth chapter, even David describeth the blessedness of the man to whom God will not, whom God imputeth the righteousness apart from the works of of the law, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are, uh, are, are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not, not did not, will not impute sin. Paul said the gospel is this. Henceforth know we no man after the flesh, though we have known Christ after the flesh. Henceforth know we him no more. So therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God who has uh, who reconciled unto us uh, unto himself, right? And he, he goes on to say, to wit that God or to know that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their sins unto them. We then were workers with him, and we beseech you, as, as Christ did beseech you, be ye reconciled to God. And he went on to say, for he has made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be, uh, be made the righteousness of God in Christ. That's the gospel, saints. He has imputed our sins unto Christ, past, present, in future. Now, a lot of people stumble over that because they say, how is my sins in the future imputed unto God? Well, they are. Therefore, there is no condemnation now. This is what the Apostle Paul said out of the book of Romans. In the seventh chapter, he was caught up in a dilemma. He, had, he said, I see that there is a law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank my God through Jesus Christ my Lord. Then he goes to the HF. There is therefore now 
no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Now the King James says, who walk not after the flesh, but in the original, that's not in there. In the original, it says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Uh, and then it says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. But what the law could not do in that it was weak, through the flesh, God sending his son, or some translations say God did, by sending his son in the likeness of sin for flesh, in as a sin offering. He died for us so that he might condemn sin in the flesh. So what is the struggle now? Not, not that there is not a resting place, because God said there is. After Joshua had led the children of Israel into the land of Canaan, 900 years later approximately, David, the Holy Ghost spoke to David and said, Today, if you will hear my voice, hearten not your heart as in the provocation when your fathers tempted me 40 years in the desert. And he said, I swore in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. And then he's going to say, if they shall enter into my rest. So Paul goes on to say, there remaineth therefore, because God say, if they shall enter into my rest. Okay, now, what, what rest was God talking about? Well, to the children of Israel, he was talking about a natural land. And let me, let me show you what this land consisted of. And then maybe we'll see what this rest of God is. Because see, our rest, see, the Bible say we are partakers of the heavenly calling we our calling is not in the earth our calling is in the heavenlies if you be risen with christ seek those things which are above where christ is seated at the right hand of god he said for your life is hid with christ in god we have a heavenly calling the children of israel was looking for an earthly kingdom we are looking for a heavenly kingdom Okay, now listen, so what God did, what, what, what he has done, he showed us in the natural through Israel. Paul said, whatsoever things were written by four times in the book of Romans, whatever things were written by four times was written for our learning. That we through, uh, 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 through comfort of the scriptures might have hope. When we see what God done with Israel, we can learn from it. This is what I say. In the sixth chapter of the book of Deuteronomy, it said, it shall, come, it shall be when the Lord your God shall have brought you, this is sixth chapter, verse 10 and 11, it shall be when the Lord your God have, uh, shall have brought you into the land which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob, to give you great and godly cities, listen to this, which you built not, and houses full of all good things which you fear not. And wells dig that you dig not. And vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant. It was a land of rest. Where they wouldn't have to labor because everything was done. And listen what it goes. Listen, listen what it says. Listen what it says. In the book of Deuteronomy, the 11th chapter. Therefore should you keep all the commandments which I command thee this day. That ye may be strong and go in and possess the land, whether you go over to possess it. 
and that you may prolong your days in the land which Jehovah swear unto your fathers to give unto them and to their seed a land flowing with milk, a land flowing with milk, a land flowing with milk and honey. This is in the book of Deuteronomy, the 11th chapter, starting to, uh, starting to verse 8. It says, For the land whether thou goest, goeth in to possess it, is not as the land of Egypt from which you came out, where thou sowest thy seed and watereth it with thy foot, as a garden of herbs. But, everybody say but. The land whether you go over to possess it is a land of hills and valleys, and drinketh water of the rain of heaven. A land which Jehovah thy God careth for. His eye, the eyes of Jehovah thy God are always upon it from the beginning of the year even unto the end of the year. It is a land that God careth for. And this was the promised land for the children of Israel when they were, when they were coming to the promised land. Now, the problem was many of them didn't enter. The, 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 the old generation that came out of Egypt, many of them did not enter. Now, this is where uh, we have to watch it. This is where we learn our lesson from. We can learn what can hinder us from entering into the rest of God. The rest of God is there. It's been there for years. Why haven't the church entered into it? Because we mixed some things in there that hindered us from getting into the rest and people even stopped preaching about the rest. Everything was works. Many times when we came and gave our tithes and offerings, we done them to get God's approval. We should be doing it because we have God's approval. We don't come to church to get God's approval. We come to church because we have God's approval. We are in Christ, and we are accepted in him. That's where the rest come in at, because we are accepted in him. Not based on what we can do, because our righteousness is, is as filthy rags. Anything we can produce. Let me show you something. The Lord told the priest in the book of Malachi, I'm going to take the, 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 your feast in the dawn and smear it over your face. What was he talking about? Anything you can produce will hinder the glory because the glory is in the face. Anything you can produce will hinder you from seeing the glory. That's what has happened. The devil has blinded us from seeing the glorious gospel of Christ. Paul told the church at, uh, uh, the, the Galatian church, are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? And I can speak for myself. I was there, begun in the spirit, and tried to be made perfect by what I could accomplish. Walking under a cloud of condemnation constantly because I didn't measure up. And the problem with that, you will never measure up. Get your mind off of what you can do and put it on Christ. He bore our sin. 
You know, I was telling my class this morning, every stripe that he bore, we'll spend eternity, you know, learning about the Christ. Every stripe that he bore meant something. Every, uh, every impression from the crown of thorns meant something. When he, they nailed him to that cross, it meant something. Because it was, God, listen, it was, it was an eternal sin that Adam had committed. And it took a, a, a sacrifice that, was, that, 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 that fitted the crime. And it was God Almighty who looked down and said, it is enough. Oh my God, and then the Bible say, when Christ put his head down in the locks of his shoulder and say, it is finished, the veil of the temple rent from top to bottom. Speaking to us, letting us know that the way is open now. Not on what we can do, but what just happened. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we have a right to be healed. Christ. Listen to this. This is the warning. Moreover, brethren, I would not have you to be ignorant. Now, this comes from 1 Corinthians. This is what Paul said. More, brethren, I would not have you to be ignorant. How that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did eat the same spiritual meat and did drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased. For they were overthrown in the wilderness. In other words, they didn't even get close to the promised land. Some of them died because they erected a cow, the assistant pastor, Aaron, erected a cow and said, Here, Israel, this is the God that brought you out of Egypt. And when Moses asked Aaron, What have you done? He said, well, I put all this gold in there, and it just popped up out of there. So many of them were, were killed then. Well, the Bible says that many of them sat down to eat, and they rose up to play. Immorality. They got involved in. Listen to this. But many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now, these things were our examples to the intent. These things were our examples. To the intent that we should not lust after evil things. He's talking to the church as they lusted. Neither be ye uh, um, uh, adulterers, as were some of them, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink, and they rose up to play. And when they say rose up to play, they were talking about engaging in immorality. Neither let us be fornicators. Immorality. I mean, you know, when you, when you see that word fornication, it's more than, you know, just, just means the eye. It's any immorality, immoral act. It, it's in the Bible. And as some of them committed and failed in one day, three and 20,000, neither let us tempt Christ. Neither let us tempt Christ. Can the Lord provide a table in the wilderness? The Bible said they tempted him by saying that. Neither let us tempt Christ, and some of them uh, also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye, 
neither murmur ye, neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now listen to this. Now all these things happen unto them for examples. The difference between an example and an example, an example is they acted it out. God showed his ways unto Moses and his acts unto the children of Israel. They acted it out so we can see. God used Israel as a model. Paul said, what if God willing to take a vessel of honor, he set aside, talking about us, but he goes on to talk about Israel, what if he's willing to take the vessel that's fitted for judgment? <laughs> fitted for judgment. He's sovereign. Who can tell him, God, that's not right? Who's going to tell him that? He's sovereign, and he was sure he was using Israel for the masses. Israel thought, yeah, they, Israel originally thought, that their job were to evangelize the world and bring them into uh, Judaism. That's why the Judaizers, when they receive Christ, they start going preaching, yeah, you know, let's go evangelize and bring them into Judaism. That's what they thought. No, they were going to preach, but they were going to preach to the world based on their examples. What to do and what not to do. All these things happen to them for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, listen to this, wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, take heed to what? Take heed to everything he just said. Let him take heed lest he fall. You know, because if you don't learn, see, listen, there is a saying that experience is the best teacher. But I read where this theologian said, yeah, but it's a school of fools. Because if somebody got to always tell you something, and you don't learn from watching somebody go through, I can watch you go through. I can watch you uh, 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 go down a hall, and because the hall wet, you slip and fall and break your hip. I'm not going down that hall. You ain't got to tell me. I saw it. So we ought to learn from looking at somebody else. And when we see what Israel done, let's not do what Israel done. Why? Because they never got to the land of promise. It hindered them from getting to the land of promise. Now Paul goes on to say, but there is no temptation that has taken us, but such that is coming unto man. But God is faithful. Who would not allow us to be tempted above which we are able, but would also with the temptation make a way of escape that we shall be able to bear it. He's not going to always pull you up out of it. He's going to allow you to go through it. Because how do you enter into the rest unless you get to the place where you know him? <laughs> you know him. And as you grow into your relationship knowing him, Knowing him, listen to what the Bible says. Grace and peace is multiplied unto us through the knowledge of God. This is heart knowledge. It's not 
head knowledge. Remember what I said? That the law and the law of sin in your members war against the law of your mind. So the law of your mind is not good enough. You may know it in your head, but you don't have it in your heart. How you get it in your heart? You got to endure some stuff. Because the devil going to come and try to steal the word that's in your heart. And Paul told Timothy, my God, thank you, Holy Ghost. Keep that good deposit that is in you by the Holy Ghost. How you keep what's being deposited in you these last couple of weeks? You keep it by the Holy Ghost. And I don't care if you've been knocked down. Get back up. Because the devil, they are learning from the church. The Bible says they are learning through the church the manifold wisdom of God. They are learning. And let me tell you, they don't just learn when you don't mess up, but they learn when you mess up and get up. We talked this morning, somebody in a boxing match, and, 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 and say, say, say they're in a boxing match with you, Brother Bowell, and you keep hitting them, and, 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 and they keep getting up. And you hit them again, and they keep getting up. You hit them again, and they keep getting up. The thing you're going to say is, what's wrong with this person? And the devil looking at you, been knocked down a thousand times, but you get back up. Because you're striving for that thing that's in you. You may not be able to articulate it, but you strive for that that you have been apprehended for. God picked on me. He chose me. I didn't choose him. He chose me. And he has motivated me. And I got to go. Knock me down, but I'm getting back up. We are, we, listen, listen, that's why Paul said, let us labor or strive that we may enter into that rest. Why? Because you're going to be knocked down. When you try to live what you've been hearing these last couple of weeks and uh, the whole time, because all of it is talking about the rest of God. It's just now we'll start, we're identifying it as the rest of God. When you start trying to live, it's Satan going to come after you. Because he don't want you to rest. Because when you rest, Let me share something with you. David could not build a kingdom for God. He, I mean, a, a house. He tried to establish a house for God, did he not? And God said, you can't do it. Why? Because you are a man of war. And you can't, you, you, you can't build it. Now, what David did, he provided everything. But here Solomon, uh, Solomon come. He, because of where he is, okay, because of where he is, he could build a house for God and God gave him peace. What, what was God speaking? The kingdom may be obtained through war, but it's established in peace. You can't get established fighting all the time. There'll come a time when you stop fighting. And God will establish you, and nothing will trouble you. You are in the rest of God. When you get established, there remaineth a rest to the people of God. And the people who it was first preached to, they did not enter. But Paul said, we see that they could not enter because of unbelief. Let me share something with you right quick. And I'm done. A lot of this, I got to leave it alone because the Holy Ghost says it's time to stop. Let me share something with you. Let me share this with you right quick. 
the children of Israel, when they uh, missed the, the, the land of promise, uh, God had gave, uh, given them the window to enter in, and uh, the ten spies come back with a negative report. And the children of Israel couldn't, they, they did not enter. But there was something the Bible said that they'd done. Something that they said. And this is why the Holy Ghost said they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. Because the Holy is it's a way that the Holy Ghost deals. And one way we do see that he, the way he do deal, <laughs> you can be filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, filled with the Holy Ghost, and he's going to lead you up to be tempted. Not because you've done wrong, but because it's time for you to get established. See, many people have anointings and they got gifting, but they're not established. Have you ever heard people say that your gifting can put you in a place that, 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 that your personality or your demeanor will not allow you to stay because you're not established? Somebody say something to you, you pouting and get mad. And, and like the sister said last night, lemon heads. Entering into the rest of God. Entering into a place where nothing. See, in the 54th chapter of Isaiah, the Bible says that God is looking to make our foundation of the precious stones. And he's looking to, 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 to. But these are things that has to be refined and go through the fire. But he's looking to solidify us. And Paul said this, that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. Now that ain't troubling me for a minute because I'm saying, now ain't he in my heart already? Now what Paul saying that he may dwell in my heart by faith? Well see, the thing is he's in our heart but a lot of us don't realize he's there. A lot of us don't treat him like he's there because Lord come in the room. Jesus, fear my scriptures. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on in the room. See, those days are Gone now. God say, I'm calling you out of religion and back into relationship. We got caught up in religious practices and we learned it well. We knew what to do. But God say, that, is, that day is gone. The children of Israel, when they came up out of Egypt, I was trying to find it here, but one of the, 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 the scriptures that I never, I'll never forget, it's in the sixth chapter of Deuteronomy. Uh, this is what Moses said. He was recanting to the, to the Israelites their, 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 their uh, time in the wilderness. And he said what happened was when they were in their tents, they murmured all night saying, God brought us out into the wilderness because he hates us. And he brought us out here to kill us. And you know, many times you see where they say that wasn't there enough graves in Egypt. Why have you brought us out here to kill us and our little ones? So how many times have we said, God, is, he's brought me out here to kill me. How many times have we felt that God has given and given up on us because of stuff we're going through and because things are not working out the way that we think they ought to work because we don't know his ways. We don't understand that he's going to allow us to go through some stuff so that we can be established. Because the kingdom is established in peace.
Romans say that the kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. Saints, we, we're going to have to get established to enter into the peace of God. There's a gospel of peace that is being preached. The gospel for us to enter into the rest of God. His works were finished from the foundation of the world. God ceased from his works. And he wants us to cease from ours. By looking to Jesus. Looking to Jesus, realizing that he bore all your sins. All your, when, when God chose you, he knew what he was getting. Now, that's hard for me to, to, really, to really swallow because I am terrible, man. I tell you, Lord, did you know you were getting this in? But he knew what he was getting, saints. He knew your temperament. But he knows what he's got to do in you. And the thing that Paul was bringing out in the book of Hebrews, he said that we have a great high priest. And he's able to save us to the utmost because he ever lives to make intercessions for us. He knew us. He knew our downsettings and he knew our uprisings. When we make mistakes, he know about it. I'm learning, saints, that, that I can talk to him. I can talk to him. Come on, stand on your feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The rest of God. Striving to enter into his rest.